Uh, we're here today with Amelia, Hattie and Emma. They're all university students. So today we're going to be talking about coronavirus and how that has impacted their studies at universities. But we're also going to be talking about how schools have been affected and also about the economy too. So we'll start off with university. So hundreds of university staff um, have had their contracts uh, dismissed by their employees with the universities in a drive to cut costs due to the coronavirus pandemic. Now it seems that the universities haven't listened to the government advice that they're about their um, economic backup they're going to give to the employees. But why have the, why do you think the universities have dismissed their staff? I personally wouldn't know why they would dismiss staff because because it seems to me that um, as soon as universities do start up again, um, it will be well they'll they'll experience a, a, a big loss or at least a, a shortage of, of staff um, but I think it's rather um, I wouldn't say ironic but I would I would say that it's it's quite harsh that so many staff are now being made redundant especially considering that this um, pandemic that obviously no one uh, high up or lower down could have could have imagined happening but it's happened so quickly after the strikes where a lot of staff has a petition for for you know for contracts or long-term contracts and now people are being made redundant even though a lot of them are necessary uh, especially considering online teaching and, and marking still continues um, so yes um, I'm struggling to understand the finan- financial side of why they would cut uh, staff because um, you know we're still paying for our university well mm-hmm. I am unlikely uh, student finance has not been cut and they're still getting funded so clearly they're not in shortage of money and they can still afford to keep their lecturers that's just my understanding but I just don't know why they're cutting them yeah that's a really interesting point of view I haven't thought about that before so maybe perhaps do you think maybe the university gets their income from other sources perhaps through on-site revenue maybe maybe that's a bit of an insight to how um, the economies of university work so perhaps their staff's income is reliant on um, maybe the bars or something like that do you think that maybe that could be something potentially yeah for bigger campuses yeah but it does. It, you yeah. are right. It does seem crazy. I also uh, read an article. It's uh, mad. I think it was yesterday morning that uh, the more than fifty percent of the uni staff are actually on short term contracts. Which I don't know why that surprised me. I feel like maybe it seems a, a bit more convenient for the universities to to you know uh, get rid of those kind of teachers. Which I don't. I think they are still necessary. Mm-hmm. I think the problem as well is is when you look at the whole academic, um, well, job perspectives, there is a, a massive run on jobs there where, you know, it's very competitive and a lot of people that do go into a PhD struggle to find a job, an academic job afterwards, especially long term, hardly happens. Um, so I think in a way they know that by making people redundant, um, when you only focus on the economical side of it, as soon as they would be go back to rehiring people um, there will there won't be a problem finding people because there are just so many academically qualified uh, people looking for jobs especially now um, so I think you know um, 
when we take the empathetic side out of it, uh, con- not really considering these people as, as you know, human beings who hold and possess knowledge, uh, and only looking at the economical advantages, it's just more, you know, um, advantageous to, to make them redundant now, obviously, at the loss of students. Um, and I do think that I can't imagine how this will not hurt universities in the future because students will feel this and probably will, hopefully, actually, uh, come in action and, and complain. But um, yeah, I think that's also a big contribution to it. There's no shortage of qualified people. So do you think the universities are going to be hit again by another series of strike actions because of this coronavirus pandemic and how universities have reacted by losing staff? I would say definitely. I I think that's very, very likely. Okay. Um, So you're all university students, so you've already experienced two sets of strike actions in the past um, academic year. And perhaps if you were in year three, you would have experienced a few more during your time at university. So do you think student finance or the university should be reimbursing students for the lack of um, face-to-face education you've experienced this year? I think for universities that have had strikes, definitely. Um, But it gets a bit hard because not all universities have had strikes. I'm at John Moores and I've never experienced strikes once before in my three years there. So it's quite hard and a lot of people now are blaming coronavirus saying, oh, we should get refunded, we should have some money back. But we can't, we've never really had that bad experience in terms of um, compared to other people in the UK. So I think this also needs to come from the government. They need to outline universities that have had problems in the past and say, well, your students are entitled to to a refund because there are there will be some students in universities who will fall under that that gap and sort of get money back which they don't really um deserve back in my opinion yeah i I was at john moore's for my undergraduate um and i'm now at the university of liverpool so i never experienced any of the previous strikes either um but now this year we've had two um, and I'm doing a master's, uh, so I do pay less than the £9,000 a year, but um, it's still 6800 And um, I, I already only get about four hours of teaching each week, which I understand because it's a lot more independent and we're required to do a lot more independent study. But this semester I've only had four weeks of teaching and I'm still expected to, you know, hand in all my assignments. And I have to say that my tutors have been doing absolutely the best they can and are really supportive but it's more from higher up that I have paid something which has just not been delivered because um, I've, I've missed out on a lot of teaching and I've, I'm only here for a year so yeah. So are you worried about your future? Yeah I am. Okay um, do you think you so you do you feel like you're going to have to do an extra bit of qualification or some further research now into what you're studying for your masters to be able to fit into the real the real the real world work environment? Well, what I'm worried about is that um, the University of Liverpool. Um, I've seen that some some unis have taken different approaches, but they've installed a safety net. I'm not sure how that is at John Morse, but 
Um, so basically I can't fall below my grade and I'm, I'm quite happy with my average grade. However, the fact that they say you will pass because we're allowing you to doesn't mean that I'll have the necessary qualifications that I usually would have gotten. I might have, I might get them on paper, but I'm just worried that I might not get them in knowledge, if you know what I mean, because for a full master's degree, I would have expected to be taught to the standard that would have been set. So even though I might get the paper, I'm, I'm a bit scared that I won't get all the knowledge that I'm required to have, should I in the future say uh, to, to an employer that I have a, a master's degree. Um, so that's mostly what I'm scared about, yes. And then also just the fact that in September I'm, I've finished and um, there's, you know, I'm already at my master's, there's not really anything further to do. Mm. So um, I'm, I'm quite scared for job prospects, but I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in that because there's so many graduates that will be finished after this, not knowing where to go and what to do. Okay, so let's just pull yeah, this away. definitely not that. alone. Yeah. I just wanted to say that um, John Moores hasn't, doesn't have a detriment policy in place okay. um, and I know a lot of other universities don't so what we don't have that sort of fallback um, and again with job prospects we left university I mean one week we were in and the next day we were told don't come back in you, you, you're not coming back in for the rest of your university career so it has been very shocking quite hard to come to terms with really because we've had so many other external exams that have been cancelled that on our cvs we just won't have and we don't know when we're going to be able to qualify yeah. for them before we start applying for jobs okay so do you think employers are going to be are going to in future maybe in a few years time will look at your degree or your masters and will notice you did it in a year that was affected by the coronavirus and do you think they're going to look at it negatively compared to someone who's recently qualified and had all the learning materials delivered all the um, assignments and courseworks as normal and now accredited compared to you guys where you've been affected and haven't had the full training or the full and um, learning um, do you think there's going to be do you think there's going to be some unfairness in future or do you think employers are going to be understanding I feel that employers will probably, because this is such a worldwide problem, they will know and will be able to say, I've not been able to take these exams because of the, the coronavirus, and they will understand. But I'm scared that maybe the first year they, they might still remember that, but say in another five years when there have been people who have qualified, they might be understanding, but they might not be um uh, well, they, they would probably, especially the, the bigger companies, I could imagine just prefer choosing people that simply have taken those examinations and simply have that knowledge. Um, so in the long run, I, I think we could maybe be uh, negatively impacted by that, yes. Okay, so let's just move it away from the education side of things at university. But what about your private... Are you all in private accommodation? No, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. Um, Okay. House. okay, so are you are you still paying rent for your properties? And then yes, I am, and I feel like it's kind of um, yeah. My rent's I'm carried glad on they're still normal. doing yeah, yeah. Same. I'm glad they're still doing student loans because that would be worrying. So, do you think the um, landlord should be reducing the rents um, or even completely cutting it? 
No, not I at all. I really on. don't think that's. I think I I I come in the sense of we need to look at everyone. Everyone's struggling in this situation, and students are just as much as landlords will be. And everyone has their job. And I don't think because this pandemic we should take away what we have signed a contract for and say, well, the landlords don't get their money because we've decided to move home or we're still living here. I know it is a struggle, but I think that comes from the government. If students are struggling, well, then they should put. Um, more finances in place I don't think it's fair to turn around to landlords and say you're not getting your money because I'm a student and I can't afford this in the pandemic I think landlords need to be adaptable and have to understand our situations but I also don't think it's economically or financially fair to just stop money for them but you're not living there so you're still paying for your I don't know Hattie you might be living are you living in student accommodation or are you at home now I am living here um and my landlord has been very supportive I'm living in Liverpool yeah in my student accommodation okay Um, and I've actually been I have to self-isolate for 12 weeks and that actually goes over my tenancy agreement Um, but even though that's happened he's letting me stay here for free until I've finished so he is being really adaptable so I'm willing I don't know I think I come maybe slightly biased because he is being very adaptable and very helpful and I do understand that not all landlords are going to be like that yeah so do you, if you weren't living in student accommodation right now you went home to everywhere to everywhere your home is do you think you should have some sort of reduction perhaps on your appliances because you're not losing using your electricity you're not using your water so the landlord would be saving money but they'd be still taking that money possibly off you. so Possibly so, but no one has told students you must go home. Okay. And I, it's quite of a grey area because no one has said you must go home and live with your family. Yeah. It's, you, I mean, you've signed a contract and you've decided to not live there. I think it's 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 difficult because I do know that at the University of Liverpool they have asked people to go home especially who those who live in the in the halls so not necessarily any student accommodation but halls um to so that they can rent them out to and I do think people get that money back I wouldn't know actually because I don't live there but um I think because it's been self-isolation uh, or because of the self-isolation situation I think a lot of students would go home even if they well did go home even though it, they haven't been specifically told so um, but I agree with you Hattie that you know everyone's losing income so I don't see how landlords suddenly are, are expected to survive if they don't get the income and especially now that they can't just rent out their house to someone else um, but I do think that if you are not using say uh, electricity or water uh, I don't see why why people would have to pay f- for that especially if your bills are split yeah so I think it also depends because I'm yeah, I in a house where um, we have had a lot of problems that are like maintenance problems and I feel like we before we moved out um, we got an email uh, saying that they're going to cancel coming and uh, doing any repairs and things on things that are not essential and I feel like we were just worried that if anything does break and we can't have anything it's, mm. it'd be better to just go home so although I do completely agree with the fact that we can't it is their job at the end of the day our bill, uh, our rent and things uh, I feel like we, we didn't want to risk putting ourselves at disadvantage as well if that makes sense 
Yeah, I fully understand yeah. that. Okay, so say if you were in your, like Hattie, in your student accommodation, and but your landlord said you had to get out in the last day of your tenancy, is that the right thing to do? To like, leave your house from a multiple occupation with other people in there and go back to your families or whatever, next, maybe your next accommodation, is that safe in the government guidelines? Or should, land, should all um, landlords I think be... It yeah. Sorry, you can carry on. <laughs> sorry, I didn't... Sorry, I thought you were finished. No, it's fine, um, you can carry on. <laughs> I think it, think it depends on your individual situation and um, I think... Um, it's quite hard because if you've been given like a, a high risk letter for 12 weeks, well then you landlords have to legally let you stay there. And the same with okay. uh, employment, they have to legally let you work from home. Um, but then I suppose there's a huge grey area if you don't have that letter and you don't have the high risk status and you're just like everybody else, um, social distancing. Um, I think, I don't, I think it's kind of really, really hard. I think... I actually don't know. I'll, I'll leave it over to someone else. Yeah, does anyone else have anything to add on that? I feel like it's so unsure because uh, most tendencies end like, well, from my experience, like end of June. And I feel like the things are going on so quickly. It's it's so uncertain what's going to happen then. We might be on full lockdown. We might be on, uh, you know, still like restrictions. So I feel like... Um, if they're not understanding, I feel like that's a bit difficult to work around. Yeah. Okay, so let's move it away now from universities and go to schools, particularly um, at high schools, not so much primary schools, secondary schools and sixth form colleges. So year 11, 12, year 11 and 13s um, are have been basically been told that their exams have been cancelled and all their grades are going to be based off predicted grades and what their teachers think and past work. Is that the right thing to do, particularly with year 13s for UCAS, for university? Or do you think, as we mentioned earlier, should there be a summer period where if it's, it's finished and the pandemic is over by summer, should they go back into school in August perhaps and do their um, A-levels? I feel like people have been put in such I a difficult position getting uh, a lot of... Uh, negative feedback for doing that however I personally think it's the right thing to do they were put in a position where um, obviously they can't take exams straight away it can't really be done online because how are you going to monitor it and I feel like uh, taking an overall um, grade or overall work ethic is a good idea however I feel like there's obviously the issue of favouritism because then it's like not anonymous or anything like that Mm -hmm. Do you think forty-two? Um, I also think. Sorry, um, uh, given the the circumstances, it is the best thing to do at the moment. But I don't think it's a fair way of giving them their A-level results or GCSEs because if you look at exam uh, statistics, the way some students really improve and other students sometimes don't, and it it's all depends on how you uh, react in an exam situation. And that A-levels is really determined by exam uh, pressures. And I know it's not really a good thing, but you know, some people really they might have a really like a really average grade. Some people really improve and do really well and shock themselves and I think that's taking away that opportunity for some people. Mm. But reversely for some people, this is gonna be perfect for them because it might like teachers might know that the student does really bad in exams. 
and they're, I mean, this is not necessarily the greatest thing ever, but that future can actually boost their grade, as someone said earlier. I feel like eventually yeah, it that, will be that down is to a good thing. But sorry, Hattie, is, it, is yeah. it setting them up for? Sorry, I, it is a good thing. But when you look at university, if you're going, if you want to go onto a course that is really uh, revolved around exams, well, then is it a good thing to have your most important high school exams taken away from you? I don't really think it is. Mm -hmm. Well, 42% of um, parents are concerned about the negative impact on children's education and I would, I would guess that is probably the um, parents who, who have student well children in younger years of learning as their adaptability to online is probably they probably won't be able to adapt to online learning as easily perhaps as uh, older students would as most of their content probably now is personal um, research and revision so for younger students do you think they're going to be really negatively affected in a level of education to move into higher years? I feel like exams are always a practice as well. They prepare you for further exams. So I mm. feel like maybe for younger students, taking that away will be a disadvantage um, because they won't have that extra level of practice. Plus, I think it's important to think about the people that are at home revising that maybe don't have any like access to the internet or laptops will definitely put them at a disadvantage as well. Yeah, I think the BBC today has announced they're going to do an online learning course. I'm not 100% sure how it works, but they have announced today that they're going to do something through the radio to provide people with um, an online course, but I can't really comment too much on that because it's very, you know, very early days, but I just saw it on the BBC um, breakfast this I morning. I think it was educational um, programmes for children. Mm. So hopefully that maybe would help some younger years if they haven't struggled to connect into the internet or something like that. But mm. but I have I have seen personally some parents, particularly in like local um, community like Facebook groups and stuff like that, have been encouraging parents to teach their um, kids life skills such as um, such as day to day living things such as tax or cooking or something like that. Do you think that's maybe what parents should be focusing on now rather than actual? education they'd be being taught in school i mean i think that why not yeah sorry well i think that um on the one hand that's a very very good idea because you know those are the things generally outside of this situation i often hear people m myself included complain or at least wonder about like we learn so much in school but where are the life skills and this is a perfect time to really do that I think. Um, however, there is obviously no real. Um, oh, sorry. Another advantage of it is is that parents aren't trained teachers generally. Um, you know, the odd uh, exclusion, but generally they aren't. So I think maybe um, you know expecting them to teach up to a school level might be asking a little bit too much. So they, it would be better to ask their own skills and what they could bring to the table. However. Um, life tasks often require a lot more attention and explaining and, and physical um you know uh, presence you know when you cook you want to make sure especially when your child does it for the first time they don't burn anything and if you're cooking on gas you know not to set fire to anything i don't know um and i do think um you know parents still work a lot of people are working from home and you see a lot of parents struggling at the moment to 
ensure that their children get the education they need while still you know doing conference calls and you know uh, you know finishing their uh, their their workload so um i don't i don't know i think it, there it's a bit of a double a double idea yeah that could either put a lot more pressure not pressure on parents but could also take it away it's down to the individual family and what situation they're in um, especially if you're in primary school I don't think this is going to negatively impact them whether they're doing life skills or online teaching or just a bit of home tutoring I don't think it's anything's going to affect them in terms of their education because children adapt they adapt so quickly and just as long as you're stimulating them and whether it's sewing cooking or something in the garden or even anything I think as long as you're showing them adaptation and how to control and just be positive in a situation I don't think they're going to be negatively impacted. So you said uh, I think it was uh, Emma was saying earlier that you said that some students um, some parents are not able to look after their parents because they have conference calls. Some parents are key workers so some schools are remaining open for the key workers' children, so such as doctors, nurses and also supermarket delivery drivers. Mm-hmm. So are these teachers putting their lives at risk uh, by keeping the schools open or is this a necessary like, saying we have to keep open the schools for those parents who can't but I, I mean I guess there isn't another option but I guess do you think it is safe for these teachers to be at school I think that like you just said named the key workers I feel like in this uh, moment their job also becomes like a key worker thing because there's nothing there's not much that you can do if the parents are at uh, work where do you put your child at that point because I know I know people uh, my little cousin like her parents are not considered key workers however their works refuse to let them work from home and things like that and she's she's you know only young and she has to stay at home on her own and then they're worried at work what she's doing and vice versa and I feel like it just creates an issue yeah so I guess there's the issue here with employers not really following government guidelines, which is actually putting young people's lives at risk. Yeah, I've heard that a lot as well. A lot of people, because the the line between key workers' professions is apparently so thin and a lot of, um, well, a lot of employers don't listen to the government advice and apparently aren't corrected for it. You find a lot of people are in a, a real twist. Mm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the life. I have like one thing about yeah. <laughs> education, key workers, um, just in the whole one side effect of the whole key workers and children still being going allowed to school is it raises the question of are they being put at a more advantage uh, situation? Are the key workers' children they're still going to school? Are the children who are kept at home? If you compare the two, are they going to be? one at a higher advantage compared to the other because they're still getting taught every day and their their syllabus so it does raise that question of at the end of this pandemic are a certain amount of children going to have had a better opportunity to grow through it Mm, that's a good point actually that's a really i haven't thought about that so so the children who are still at school could be at better advantage to the ones who are at home very that's actually really quite interesting um yeah um so perhaps then there's also going to be a disparity between students when they go back so 
those students are going to be having to go through the same content again which could cause further problems but yeah I, I guess that is something we'll have to see what happens hopefully in September when things start to begin to return back to normal but let's move things away from the whole education system um, and bring things on to the economy so yesterday what a day of recording so the 2nd of April and the US recorded a record 6.6 um, million jobless claims due to COVID-19. Also, according to the BBC, coronavirus uh, economic impact will be just as bad as the 2008 recession. I'm not sure if you guys remember it, but that was a, re- a really bad time for the economy. And banks across the UK have slashed their interest rates, with experts calling it uh, dreadful. So, as young people, are you worried about your future with the economy? Perhaps buying a house in a, f- in a few years' time or going onto the job market when the, the, the money available is sparse? I feel like being in my second year of university, I feel like that's always in the back of my mind, especially now, because uh, I, might, I might get to the end of it and then it, obviously the market is already quite, quite uh, sparse and like, difficult to get in, so I feel like that's always will be in the back of my mind. Mm. I'm really yeah, worried uh, just yeah. in the sense that now my student job has had to finish um, and y- you know you look at everyone and p- families different situations and whether parents are able to support their sh- children or young adults or not and it's, it is worrying because there's so many people that are going to struggle and are going to potentially not have an income for a good year after university well I've heard Hattie that I'm not 100% how true uh, this is, but I was reading an article yesterday that student finance is counted as a salary. So people who have a part-time job aren't able to receive the um, extra income they might do from an income. So I guess that's going to further impact. I'm not sure your current situation, but I guess you're, um, you might have a money shortage if you're a student who doesn't get the full income. Um, if, if yeah, student yeah, that could finance. Really impact. I I don't know why it's uh, seemed as a salary because it's not actually going to you directly. But that's a bit. But anyway, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think um, you know because I'm uh, writing my dissertation over summer. That's part of the masters. My student loan doesn't finish till September, which is good. But then afterwards, um, we don't know obviously how long this will last. So hopefully it will be over by then. But uh, you know considering that the market might not climb up straight again um there might not be a chance for me to find a job um for me to find a job however you know it could be possible for me to just having to work in hospitality for a while there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but currently the news isn't very positive about big events and i've read um reports from people saying or the government saying that you know hospitality in particular or places where big groups can come together might be very limited in opening um so you know i'm quite worried about just my full income stopping in september and and then what do i do where do i get money from okay so are we do you think we're going to see the real sorry how to go sorry i keep interrupting me sorry um but hopefully there will be um, a market for more online and work at home jobs. Hopefully employers will see the opportunity and chance to employ people from home and from a part-time basis. That could work and it could stop the 
like chance of a bad economy in a way i agree yeah that that i hope that especially in a couple of months um you know considering this might last for a while uh companies are you know going um in that direction and and looking for new people uh on an online basis. I feel like they're constantly working things out, aren't they? Because uh, of how how this is moving, so I feel like in a few months it will be uh, new ideas will have to be put in place for people like you know yourself who are maybe lo- losing a job. Mm. So, do you think we're going to see the real impact of this later in the year as production lines have come to an end, like have halted? So, is there going to be impact in availability of goods do you think or do you think our market and economy is able to be resilient to um, this workflow issues we're experiencing at the moment or is there definitely going to be a lack of produce on the uh, available to buy well the problem is um this sounds, you know, I don't want to bring it back to another problem, but there is still Brexit on the table as well, and that was already to have been expected to impact the, the, uh, you know, the produce and and the available products that we could buy in the UK. So, you know, I can imagine that from both the UK and the EU side, they might extend the deadline once again just because you know they're not able to discuss it at all now and this is just beyond anyone's um well needs and wants really um so so i you know that might not be impacted at all but say it does say they are going to work their absolute hardest to make it happen in january then yes i think that would be a a real problem because then not only will there be a shortage in or will there be a, a, a crash in the economy but there will also be a yeah the leave of the eu and i think that could definitely but i'm not an economist economist Mm. so i don't actually know how this works but i can imagine that would negatively impact it so do you think there's going to be at the end of this uh, pandemic we've seen a huge change in the way companies and offices have worked with online conferencing people working from home so do you think companies come when this is all of it going to realize that we can cut costs by having their employers working from home is that going to be is it's going to be a new trend for people to be working from home and instead of commuting into london or big cities is it just our office is going to yeah. start closing down for sure i feel like they now more than ever it's become apparent how, how many things are actually possible uh, like conference calls like uh, ability to adapt to difficult situations and i feel like hopefully maybe this would turn into something a little bit more positive when it all blows over about how you can actually make things easier for for everyday uh jobs Anyone else have anything on that? I hope it doesn't mean full. I hope it doesn't mean full offices close down. I don't want to see it go that extreme, but add adaptable and employ. I think it's a it, it is a good chance to see the other ways that we can be employable, different opportunities as well, yeah. and also a diff- different chances for different types of companies. But yeah, I think. I think maybe the excuse of, because I've heard people, for instance, that have um, chronic illnesses, um, 
that are now quite vocal saying that uh, you know they've never been employed because uh, companies stated that they weren't able to work from home well I do think that this pandemic shows that that excuse no longer stands because most jobs are indeed done or able to be done from a distance uh, even if you could only come in once a day you can still work four or five days a week as long as it's just from your own desk at home however I also think um, and what I see around me and experience myself that I think more than ever we realize that the digital age allows a lot but we also really value human interaction like I can do I now realize that I could have basically done my degree online because with Zoom and everything it's so we can interact so well together and we can have full on seminars but I like having to go into uni and I like having that face to face interaction and office hours and speaking to my professors and my parents also say you know they're not at their offices now and they say you know it's fine we can do our work but I I miss the you know uh little chats in between work or just having a lunch break with your colleagues those kind of things I think we learn how valuable those are so I hope like what Hattie said that it won't be too big of a change afterwards that we'll just go back to um, working together so going off what you said Emma, I agree with you Emma oh, sorry, because it does it does introduce um, mental health, and I think uh, if it does doesn't go back to the way it was before, a lot of people will struggle with mental health and being isolated from interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So going on from what both of you guys have said, what have you guys been doing um, during this isolation? Have you tried doing something new that you've never done before, or um, what are you doing basically to keep yourself entertained? I've been doing a lot of baking, <laughs> a lot of cakes and brownies and stuff, um, which isn't too good for my health, but you know, it's fun. And <laughs> I think in this situation, we all use, can use a bit of fun. So are you doing anything else to keep yourself like doing exercise? Are you going for your one bit of daily exercise? Or have you been seeing maybe a lack in it? You've been staying inside. Um, um, I I do. I, I'm sorry. I, no, carry on, Emma. Oh, I was just going to say that I do go for my well, um, one hour or once, like my daily walk and yeah. doing exercise. Sometimes I go for a run, and sometimes I'm really not in the mood for that, and I just uh, just walk around. I live really close to the University of Liverpool campus, so I often go for a walk there because it is very beautiful now. Um, and um, yeah, I do. I live in a in an apartment with my boyfriend, and we have no outside. And mm. for the first time, I think I realise how valuable an outside is. Just being able to sit on a balcony or sit in your garden. Um, yeah, I'm, I really miss fresh air and the sun and stuff. Yeah, I tell you what I've noticed personally is I've got the Strava running up. And I've never seen so many, like, I don't know if you have it, but when your friends on Facebook sign up to it, you get a notification. And almost every day I get five notifications saying <laughs> so-and-so is joined up. So it definitely seems that people are adapting as gyms are closing and they can't go and play, I don't mm. know, football or tennis or something. People definitely seem to be turning to running or more sports that you do individually from your house. So has anyone seen anything particularly interesting like their community or something has been um, doing to help local people who have been uh, disadvantaged perhaps that's a community food bank or 
Maybe it's just knocking, well, not knocking in the There's door. There's been phone so people. much around Liverpool. Yeah, what's, so what's happened in Liverpool, Hattie? Um, so, in around my area, around I'm kind of close to Old Swan. Um, okay. They've they've been handing leaflets through all the doors. Say if you need any help with food, um, there are a lot of key workers in this area as well. So just helping with um, school pick up as well, because although key workers, children go to school, they're not always available to pick them up long shifts and things like that. So um, uh, child pick up in relatively safe. I sticking to isolation as well mm. but um helping with food um there's loads of food banks giving out uh, free weekly packages um i know the joseph lappin center has been doing that a lot um and it's just it's really nice to see in this horrible situation that communities are coming together no matter what you do for a living and what how much you earn it's like it's everyone is coming together to help because i think everyone val values the importance of interaction and having that strong network. Cool. Anyone else have anything to add? Okay, um, so finally, what is uh, like the one thing you're worried about most about this whole coronavirus pandemic? Not necessarily getting it to yourself or one of your family members, but one of the side effects of it. What is the one big, your one biggest worry through this? I think personally for me it's probably my biggest worry is not being able to go outside so what was yeah what was the other person just saying that's sorry, i missed you that was uh, i was just saying that, that i think uh, getting for me it would probably be the education side of it and the work experience i've not really been active that's my own fault probably but i've not been active in terms of like uh, getting experience on the side of just my education and I was kind of already in contact with a lot of companies and things like that arranging things for the summer and the beginning of next year yeah. and a lot of that have been kind of coming in saying you know we we're cancelling or we're unsure what to tell you about the future so I feel like that is very unsettling I'm not sure where that's going to go. Mm. And what about you Emma? Um, I'm, I'm mostly worried about what I do once I finish this degree and um, yeah money mostly in a sense of how am I going to sort of um, live and make sure that I get a job and like what you said as well Amelia is or Amelia sorry what is it Amelia Amelia <laughs> yeah sorry um, no worries so I'm mostly worried about the fact that I now can't get any work experience I have been volunteering over the past two years but you know, it, I've been doing that for something in the community and not per se as much for what I want to do in the future. And I was um, in the process as well of getting work experience, but things have been getting cancelled understandably. But um, as soon as I finish my degree, will I have something to provide and to show employers that I, I can do things outside of my academic skills? So, yeah, I'm, I'm worried for that. So, Hattie, earlier you said that you... Uh, having to isolate for three months so that probably means you're not really being able to go out to the shops or um, I guess you may be able to go out for a walk I'm not 100% sure in your current circumstance on that but how are you coping with that? Um, I'm finding it really hard mm. I, it was actually quite a shock because I was only actually the letter came through yesterday so before this point I've been really strict with my isolation and I, I kind of expected a letter but I was still going for walks and runs and going to parks nearby because and obviously being really really careful about it but it was that fresh air that I feel that I need whereas now um, I'm not allowed to go for walks I'm not allowed to go for runs um, 
even my sister and my flatmates who live with me, they're not allowed to either unless I move away. But because my parents live in a different country, it's not possible anymore to move out. So it's, I feel really guilty because it's hard for everyone in the house and that's my fault. So it has been really hard, Um, but we're all just sticking together and just doing just adapting doing indoor activities indoor exercise mm. joe wicks or every morning um we're just trying to make the best out of a bad situation um and it is hard but just cooking um, and trying not to it was hard for the first week but trying not to get into a bad sleep pattern um i'm out of that now but that was a struggle at the beginning just yeah i think my sleep pattern was from about two till five so what are you doing for food then if you can't leave the house are you having to rely on deliveries to come through uh yeah so um deliveries that i haven't been successful with deliveries but i've got family members who live nearby although they're out they are a good 40 minutes away but they do drop off one every week that's how i've been able to yeah if i didn't i honestly don't know how people who aren't allowed out are managing Mm. I know some supermarkets have been quite in putting them up higher up on the list, but I don't know how they're getting their food. I honestly don't. Did you say you you were in a um, like an enclosed building that you haven't got any outside space, such as like a balcony or a courtyard or a garden or something? Or did you say? Oh no, I'm lucky. I have a balcony. A balcony. Okay. Well, that's at least that's something. At least you can yeah. go and get some fresh air each day. Yeah. 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 Very, very valuable. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess you do appreciate that much more than you would ever do. And as soon as this is over, I would imagine if it is summer and it's nice warm weather, I guess you will be spending every opportunity to be outside. Yeah, definitely. I think we all will. <laughs> yeah, I think so as well. Mm. Well, thank you for everyone who's come on today. We've had Amelia. Is that how you pronounce it again, Amelia? Yeah, Amelia. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I'm really bad at pronouncing names. Anyway, it's had Amelia, Emma, and Hattie. They've all been on today's recording for the. Lock, uh, the lockdown podcast uh, we'll be having another one the same one tomorrow um, exactly the same topics tomorrow because it's such a big issue this coronavirus it's impacting everyone I don't think we could say anyone probably in the world has not talked about coronavirus I, 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 everyone's pretty heard of it so thanks guys for all coming on you've had some really good viewpoints so we'll see you tomorrow for the same sort of thing Hello and welcome to the first ever lockdown podcast here on the Worldwide Youth Radio. So about this podcast, so each episode we're going to be talking about big issues that face young people, such as knife crime, domestic violence, internet safety and various other topics. But this week we're going to be talking about coronavirus, it's very topical at the moment, so let's meet our young people.